Life is back on, sports bettors, and BetUS has your NBA, NHL, NBA, UFC, PGA, and yes, NFL betting lines up for their 27th year and live betting on all of it. Log in to BETUS.com or call 800-792-3887. That's 800-79-BETUS. BETUS for 125% bonuses with the promo code the Zone 125 You bet, you win, you get paid. BETUS.com. Uh, it's, been, it's been a while for this one. Usually you hear the uh, sultry voice of Dave Grohl and the Foo Fighters for a guy, Barry Richter. Barry Richter is in attendance, so Barry, good morning. Good morning. What's up, boys? How you doing? I'm doing great, but we got the doors going. A uh, little backdoor man. I've been on a big doors kick lately. That usually coincides with me being in like, a big party mood. We welcome in Mark <laughs> Strobel as well, Badgers associate head coach. Strobel, what's great up, dude? Great to be here. Thanks for having me. I was um, I was just slamming L.A. Woman the whole album start to finish. Just, mm. I had a little tequila. Nice. Sitting around. I won't tell you what else I was doing, but it was fun. It was a good oh, time. Yeah. Jim puts you in that mood, doesn't he? He really does. Yep. The Lizard King. He gets you edgy. Hotel. That's my <laughs> yeah. You might do something dangerous when you're listening to the Doors. That's why I listen to it, man. That's why the show's called Over the Line. That's right. Strobes, you you're boring. full of like great sayings. I have this one. If you ain't living on the edge, you're taking up too much space. Yeah, I like that one. Yeah. We can use that like one to the boys. One. Is that yours? Yeah. All right, I got it from somewhere. Don't have to be in the circus to walk the tightrope. <laughs> Look at that. You got any more on the top of that? But you're probably creating your own circus. <laughs> Strubs, we haven't seen you in a while. Um, I, you know, it was the, I know we had texted a little bit, but you guys came out of that little break there. You got some hardware, dude. Let's go all the way back to the holiday face-off really quick. How did it feel to go to the Pfizer Foreman? Whoop a little ass. Good, and, and you know, hats off to the Pfizer Foreman in Milwaukee. They did a really good job for the first year and COVID and everything going on. I thought the venue was uh, excellent. The, the the fans were great, and it really felt uh, like, a, like a home series that uh, weekend. And, and I, or I should say it was a Tuesday, Wednesday. But, um, you know, guys came back, played hard. Um, you know, we beat Yale in overtime, and then Providence, who's always an NC2A tournament team, we uh, we beat in a shootout. But uh, good games. Guys played hard. We're 3-1-2 and two since the break. And, Stacking you know, we, success. We, we have to keep winning tight games. We have to keep, uh, you know, coaching them up. That's that's on us, and we got to have the players uh, be held accountable to high standard, especially in clutch situations. I love it. And, uh, Barry, I know we didn't talk last week. There was a – well, initially was it um, – was it going to be that it was canceled, but then Ohio State rescheduled because of COVID, yeah. and yeah. then the boys came back, and uh, how about this? You swept Michigan State. That's got to feel nice. Uh, I'll get to you real quick, Strobes, but stacking success, Barry, how does it feel to once you get that mental recharge that like we were talking about before that break, and then what's it feel like to stack success after you get a little mental recharge? <laughs> yeah, we talked about the uh, the stretch that they're going to have at home and home series, and you know, just to put back back-to-back wins together with the uh, Big Ten season, as you know, it's uh, a win is three points. Yeah, and you can really you can elevate yourselves, and they and they and they needed that. The Badgers needed to get some wins, to get some three points, and then stack up six points. So that's very very important. And now they're they're sort of in the mix to get out of there for the for the playoffs. If they can put some strings together and strobes, I mean, the the team's got to feel pretty good, you know, about. Getting some wins, and sometimes it just snowballs in one way or the other. So hopefully, it snowballs for the boys in the road. Yeah, you, you create your own bounces, that's for sure. And uh, you know, I think of talking to Bill Brophy weekly. Uh, I was gone for the uh, Ohio State series on the road recruiting, but you know, he was saying we had eleven games where you know we had a lead or a lead going in the third period, mm-hmm. something of that nature. And and you got to close the deal, and you only win two of those. You know, we we I looking back, you know the. I'll say it all day long. If you're in the Big Ten, you're playing men's ice hockey. You're going to have a one goal game, probably uh, uh, second period going in the third. It's or it's plus plus or minus one or two, and so you're going to have to pull a goalie. They're going to have to pull a goalie. You're going to have to score a power play goal in the third period. Uh, you're going to goalie's going to have to make a big save. You're going to have to block a shot with your face to you know preserve the three points, and you got to win a lot of faceoffs. All those little details of the game, and then you got to coach. You, you got to you know systematically. Lock a team down if you got a one goal lead, or Lock again, you know, be smart in who you have out on the ice at key situations, so you can, you know, make sure that your your top guys make the plays when they need to. So again, uh, it, it's going to be a good push here. I think the yeah, uh, the the rest of the way, <clears throat> we have a great opportunity going into Penn State again. We beat them and then lost in overtime, uh, playing one of our worst games I think of the year, the second night, and then having to come back in the third. And I think we scored four. 
four goals to get get it tied up and then eventually lost in overtime. But it's on everybody. You got to clean it up. You you got to ride this confidence right now. Ooh. Our best players, our veterans, have to continue to play the, the you know their their best games, and and it has to be consistent. That's the biggest word. I think we need to find and then ride is consistency. Ride the confidence bear. Strobes, I'm going to switch gears a little bit as we head into the Beijing Olympics. Oh, and, uh, Bear, you as, need your own show, by the way. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're good at this. <laughs> Should we do a little uh, attachment I'm, on this? Oh, yeah, totally. I'm yeah, down. We'll do a I'll put you, I'll put you on staff. Over the line. Over the I'll line put you on staff. I'll be under the line because I have to keep it clean. How about what? that? You're over the line. I'm under, no? You can be okay. in the crease. Anyway. No, you're the yin to my yang on this. <laughs> I get it. I get it. Yeah. So, uh, quick question for uh, Coach Strobes as he's in, um, you know, college hockey. You had the NHL pull out of the Beijing Olympics and then Team USA and, and Team Canada, but more so Team USA has grabbed some college kids for the roster and when this happens. So what is anything going to happen? Are they they're just going to hey, you you know what, Michigan, yeah, you're going to move your leave your guys aren't going to be there and you're you're playing a game. So what what's going to happen here? What's Yeah, that's that, correct. Yeah, yep. Uh, again, like the World Junior tournament, uh you lose players uh, in that window uh, of time, then they'll not be eligible for their college uh, games because they're obviously playing over in Beijing. So I think Minnesota loses a few, Michigan loses a few. Um uh, there might be another guy or two. Uh, Duluth, I know, is losing one. Um, so, yeah, it's it's an opportunity uh, for those guys. If you remember, Tony coached the Olympics uh, a few years yeah, back mm-hmm. yeah. and yeah. had to leave the team. And, and then, uh, yeah. you know, kind of Marco Siki uh, got the call there to be the uh, associate was, head coach. Was that, and, was that, were you there then? Was that your first yes, year? Yes, yep, yep. Uh, I was here at that time. Okay. I believe it was my first year yeah. here, yeah. I'm trying to think of the timeline. Yeah, so that was kind of odd uh, where you, you just – you kind of had to read and react. It's still hockey. You still got to put lines sure. out on the ice. You still got to play the games. But, um, you know, as I've noticed, uh, even in a practice when a head coach is gone, things are different. You know, the the guys kind of just have that familiarity. So it will change the landscape of those teams because mm-hmm. obviously you don't make the Olympic team if you're a bad player. Three so. weeks. <laughs> so that's, a, that's a good point. They're, they're, you know, I, I think the window of schedule, though, is well, we miss. Jamaican bobsled. But. Yeah, they, they got a team in, I think. Yeah, they, they do. do. Yeah, yeah, we miss Michigan. John Candy? Uh, and we miss uh, Minnesota as far as uh, not having their top guys in the series we play them, I think, because we play them next weekend. Yeah, and I I think their guys will be back, and I think Michigan's guys will be there before they leave. Is that a three-week window? Yeah, I think it is. It's because Nate Lapointe, our equipment manager, actually he made is, it. He, yeah, he's yep, on the team. He made it, yep. so he's he's Olympian. He's, oh, really? He's get, getting a participation no ribbon for for definitely and probably a really nice jacket and a swag. You bag, better have but, him bring you something back, nice. Yeah, I, I will. I will. Uh, what what should we have him bring back? I don't know from from there. From what Beijing? Would, yeah, what would be what would be worth my while? Um, <laughs> there's things in my. I don't probably not, shouldn't say any of them. I want to too cultured on. I'm not either. What's that thing China, that sort of gets so, your never been trapped. there. Oh, the, you can get those anywhere. Yeah, Chinese finger trap. You can get those around here. You go to Spencer. Is Spencer still a store? Yeah. Probably. You can go to Spencer's and get one of those. I think at a movie theater for a quarter, you can turn the yeah. knob uh, where you get the gumball Aladdin's machine. Aladdin's Castle right back next in the day. Aladdin's Castle. Yeah, when we could play it, you know, you know. maybe the claw machine has like five of those in there, and you can get them like multicolored. That was all the rage when you were a kid, right? And then all of a sudden, after about five minutes, you're like, this They were frustrating. Though when you when you use them, yeah, yeah then, then you figured it yeah. out. So strobes like, but you didn't know to push in, you're screwed. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but if, if if the players get COVID over oh. there, they're they're there for like a two more weeks. Yeah, or what something. happens is, to that? Is, is there that's something? a great question. I I uh, I haven't studied that. You enough, work for the but, CDC now too, strobes. Yeah, yeah, but that's why the NHL. I do know this. Yeah, that's why the NHL players would pro not hockey go right now. If you test positive in the city you're in, I believe, let's say you're a Canadian player. And you test positive in, you know, Minnesota or, uh, you know, Texas or California. You have to quarantine there, I believe, for 10 to 14 days. I'm not sure the exact number, but I think you're stuck there. If you're testing Although on the road and you test positive, you have to stay there. The good thing is uh, the NHL just definitely changed their, they changed their protocols. If you are asymptomatic, if you are asymptomatic, they're testing asymptomatic players. That's good. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I got to be honest with you. I, I don't know who to follow or what to think anymore with Same. all of it because it changes within five minutes. You know? I know. I just go live my life. I know it's a little different when I'm under the guise of University of Wisconsin. Yeah. Because, like, I just go live my life. But when it comes to um, – uh, Wisconsin, and you know, I know you guys are on the road here, Strobel, but we had uh, you coming back January 28th at the Cole Center against Michigan. We had a little topic to start the show. 
So head coach Matt LaFour for the Packers was talking about you got to get loud, right, when for the playoff game on Saturday. But if you're a Packer fan and you can't make it and you have tickets, don't, for the love of God, sell them to the oh, Niners fans. God. Keep them in family with Packers fans. Rowdy and I maybe ruffled a little feathers this morning, and well, I said ooh, if you? it came to the highest bidder and it happened to be a Niners fan, I like money, I might sell them to a, a Niners fan. If a Packer fan's like, here's 100 bucks, but a Niners fan, here's 200 bucks. <laughs> I think I take that for a hundred dollars. I mean, just for example, <laughs> I want to ask you. I mean, as a coach and a guy who's at his own bar, for seven hundred. If you knew that guys were giving up their tickets to the opposing fan base, would you be a little perturbed with it? Wow, that's a good question. Rowdy's, Ooh, Rowdy would tough. sell it. I would. I have a price. RJ's got a price. Certain prices. Oh. I know. I know for myself, especially with hockey concerning, I would not ever sell a ticket to a Minnesota fan because well, yeah, I wouldn't do that. They get enough strokes. tickets to get in there anyway. And no, I, I, that's, I would never put you in a bad position with, with inflation right now and gas being what it is. (laughs) And even the the price of, uh, you know, chicken, I might, I might dish them. Is that why my, is that why my bill was a little more expensive at chicken licks the other day when I had some chicken wings? I was like, damn, what, what's this? I listen, I, you boys in the circle of trust. I'm never dishonest. I'm always honest. I would, I have a price. I would sell them for more. But if, now, if, if it was the if, same time, if like if I got the same type of money at the same time, I would go with the Packers fan. There's a lot of people that say they wouldn't, and then into your face, and then they would probably. Yeah, that's what I can't say. Yeah, oh, absolutely. I never, I'd never sell it. Yeah, How well, much you want for well, that? Oh, COVID has brought out the hypocrites. Like you know, through this whole thing, everyone's a hypocrite. They say one thing, but then they do another. I try to live my life. I say, I walk it like I talk it. I say one thing, or I say the same thing that I do. I think in the end, uh, I'd sell the darn things and. Uh, <laughs> Just tell my team, let's go win the game either way. I don't. I don't care if there's you know a thousand Dallas game though. Go execute the plays, you know. So yeah. when let's say they're they're not gonna they're not gonna influence the outcome. Okay, in your guys' playing in your playing days fans. in your playing days, you know, let's let's get it to the ice for you guys. But you know, Lafleur says you know everyone get loud at Lambeau. In your guys' playing days, did you notice a more raucous like home base or when you're on the road? Did you notice it and did it feed into your game? Or where you had the blinders on, or it was just like adrenaline takes over. I mean, back when we played, it was at the uh, Coliseum slash Alliant. I mean, it was, always, it was always packed. And, and there was drink. always energy, right? There was always energy. So we just didn't. And the, the, back then, era, no one had. No one were selling tickets to the opposition, so we just we don't have no could, idea. But could you feel the energy? Like you definitely could yes. feel the energy of your home of your home. Absolutely, yeah. oh, no, you could feel the energy. Amazing, amazing. But I will say this. I was one of those guys uh, who always liked playing on the road too. I didn't mind you know, slamming one of their yeah. uh, you know Denver's defensemen or forwards right in the glass <laughs> in front of their fans, or scoring the game winner attack and then buzzing around right into their uh, student section on the glass. And yeah, definitely. What was the goal celebration for you? Oh, did you give the fist pump? Oh, the, yeah, fist pump. Uh, you didn't give the double birds. Threatening though, eyeballs, uh, <laughs> you know. Yeah, this, he took his glove off on and the did road, this one. Yeah. Is, is the, that sh- like you would... Find out from arena control where is the student section. No, you knew it in the warm-ups. I mean, you just okay. skate around. So you're, it wasn't like during skate around. around. You were yeah. like, which way are they I don't like be? to admit this, but Barry can attest. The old um, Lakeview Arena up in northern Michigan in Marquette there, uh, back Ooh. then the nets weren't Ooh. really, like, um, sturdy. Uh, you just had glass and, until I think it was in Columbus where they, you know, had to yeah. put up the netting. I think a young girl was unfortunately killed. They got hit by a puck in the head years ago. Mm-hmm. And so then oh, they geez. finally started putting netting. the netting up around the glass and even, you know, from the penalty box down the sides. Well, we would accidentally uh, lose a puck up into the tuba section uh, in the warm-ups, and it, and it might bounce off, you know, the ceiling into a guy's yeah. lap. Or you know, were we you were trying, trying to get, to get one in a tuba? Yeah, it was just some, we were just trying to intimidate a little bit before the Badgers took the uh, center <laughs> face section. off. But yeah, they, like, there was nothing behind, and it didn't make sense to me that behind our why is it always the tuba player? Net, they why, had their band. Why does everyone always so come for the tuba players? We could rifle pucks <laughs> up there. It's a nice big target. Is that yeah. why? Is that the sole reason? Is because it's a big target? So, Strauss, Barry was saying you would do the sh- you take the glove off. No, and he sh- didn't. I was just joking. Oh, no, no, he would no, never do that. That was yeah, that's no. Not I, him. I, uh, I I right. played more out of I grit my teeth all the time. I went over there and said, "This one's over," and we're shoving it right up here. You know what? And <laughs> just got the win on the road. And see you later. I was to the goal celebration for Barry Richter. Just one arm up, like you've been there before. Yeah. Well, you know, you're you're the you're the high yeah, road kind of guy. Yeah, not well, to say you're well, the low road guy, Strobes. But. We're defensemen though, so we don't get to score very often. But yeah. when we did, well, you like, had a few. You had a few. I, I feel like you were more we, of the we, 
I'm going to go down to the knee and do the bowling thing. Yeah. That seems like you. Yeah. One not knee, a little bow and arrow. You know, Barry was really good the on the power play. Shoot it in the air. <laughs> he, he was really good on the power play. He could end one on the peeper. And I like to make Coach Sauer crazy. I just jump in a rush. I was like the second layer, like a fourth forward sometimes. He's like, where are you going? <laughs> Get back. And I'm like, to the oh, net, Coach. I just scored, man. <laughs> like, don't you, you got to score goals to win the game, don't That's you? Right. So let's go. That's right. Uh, oh, love it. Mark Strobel joining us right now. Barry Richter as well. Um, God, I've I got to go dig up some old tape. Do you think there's YouTube of you guys scoring any goals or anything? Oh, there might be some really, really research. grainy what they used to call uh, uh, DVDs, I think they're called. Laser discs. A laser disc, whatever uh, they were. Blu-ray. I got a real grainy one. <laughs> yeah, and it's got old uh, Eddie Money uh, oh. you know, songs to it, I think. I can find the old pictures with the mullets. I mean, that's nice. I need yeah. some, I need some, uh, some goal-scoring stuff. All right, so uh, before I let you guys go, unfortunately, Strubs, how's the recruiting been? You said you were away from the Ohio State. Yep, yep. I was out in, in uh, nope, this trip I was out in uh, Rhode Island, went up to New Hampshire, kind of through uh, Massachusetts. Um, but uh, believe it or not, uh, some some sophomores that are really good out there that are, uh, you know, we're banging on the door of the East Coast a little bit, and uh, you know, just again, gotta gotta follow the leads. I'll be up in British Columbia on our bye weekend in February. Uh, I'm gonna head up and catch five games in six nights uh, up in the, the mountains. You, and when do you have time? It'll be busy. Have... Strobes, I want to ask a question about recruiting because it's like, okay, so you see some really talented sophomore juniors out there in high school but when you're putting a team together do you just do you just go right i mean you're just going all hey we're just going to try to get the best players and then we'll figure it out and if we and make them into third and fourth liners which are very important to a hockey team chemistry you know what i mean it's a great question i mean look at this guy depending on you know who you ask too i mean there's a philosophy right so your staff has to be aligned and you know are you going after a right-handed power play defenseman that you know, is playing a year of junior hockey and, and is succeeding, and then it's the mature time to bring him in, or are you, are you going for the just the best player available, and then you're kind of um, reading and reacting with where do you put him? Mm-hmm. You know, will he be, do you have five lefties at the point versus, you know, two or three righties? So, you know, my style is more to, to bring uh, Coach Granato kind of that need that we, we are looking for. So if it's a skilled centerman, that's a lefty, and, and he's, you know, brings a little size and speed, uh, you know, so be it. That might be what we're lacking. But uh, I think for me, I'm more of a recruiter of, of you know, specifics. So, and then again, there has to be a quotient with the with the monetary value. You know, you get 18 full rides for anywhere from 26 to 28 players. So not everyone's on a full ride like football. You, you have to huh. divide a little bit. So maybe you get a guy that's on 60% that's a – you know, five foot ten, four year player that's going to grow from, you know, fifteen points as a freshman to twenty five like as a, a sophomore. You yeah, it's like a cap. It's a you're a general it. you manager, and you have yeah. to really, I think, again, be specific in every year. Every year, I like to at least hope you bring in a captain in that group, a guy that's going to be a, 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 a t- or two that are skilled, and then a few defensemen too that are going to be able to run your power play, but also. You know, kill penalties. So you might have a guy that's again that skating defenseman that's that's that can move, and then a guy that's more that defender that's a tree that's gonna you know be really tough and hard nosed. So it, it's it's a mix. Feel to free. me, it's a mix. All right, Look, uh, no, I got, you're on retainer. Just, you're officially on retainer. Well, I don't get <laughs> I don't get to ask this guy many questions. Name and likeness. How is that affecting Ooh. hockey? College hockey is any. I have no idea. Is any are any guys doing anything? Well, I can personally tell you, I've not heard from Duckhorn or Cade or <laughs> not you. Um, oh, no, oh, the players. Oh, okay. No, 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 from any of the vineyards. Red Bull has not called. Not for strategy has not Name and likeness. I'm ready. We need a I'm wine. Co- we need a wine company. Yeah. Napa yeah. Valley yeah, Napa for Strobe. Not for you, Coach Strobe. Yeah. But uh, for but, us, it hasn't. <laughs> Jim Morrison's estate. Yeah, that's right. Yep. It has not really affected us as far as from a hockey standpoint I have not seen it uh, creep in the locker room there was a little noise early in the fall and I think some maybe some uh, thoughts that you know it'll be bigger than it is but for us it has no one really signing been. autographs at Hilldale haven't seen that for oh, people still going to Hilldale I mean it's all, out, it's all outdoor it's mall outdoors it's all outdoor mall now. in a globe you can be in yeah. a globe I, remember, I was old enough to remember it was indoors yeah I think yeah. it I think again it it um <laughs> It, it, it would affect football and, and basketball uh, more so than anything, you know. And, and yeah. All right. Yeah. yeah. 
Well, Strobes, um, before I let you go, now, Bear, you're going to go do your thing. Tell Nagy we said hi, by the way. Definitely as well tell you. He's probably listening. He's actually already crushed it on probably on his bike this morning. He's always crushing. Strobes, this morning. when are you leaving for Penn State, dude? Uh, 1 o'clock today. Oh, so yeah. What do you, what's like? What's on the agenda before one? You just gonna get your, your ducks in a row and? Yep. Yeah. No, I'm packed. Uh, do, they have to go impromptu recruiting trip quick before you go to. No, nope, I do have a conference call because we have alumni weekend next weekend, so I have a conference call that I have to do to tidy up some things there. Uh, we're hoping you know maybe uh, 60 to 80 alumni are coming back even Sweet. with the COVID and. Um, we'll At Richter's pond. Uh, yeah, yeah. We'll have. Uh, <laughs> I'll we'll, go. Nothing. No, Barry no looks like there. he's just finding out about this. Like, I want, uh, for next week's segment, I want the listeners the, uh, to just Google 1992 Wisconsin Badger hockey team, and then you're going to get into Wikipedia. We, we, that's our, it's our 30-year anniversary of 30 years, placing wow. second, and there's a... Anyways, we can get into the story a little bit later. Oh, is that when you guys got totally jobbed? Yeah, that's yeah. when I, that's when I uh, brought the bad juju before Who's last year's playoffs. Who do we need to find and <laughs> kick their ass? Tim McConaughey. Okay. I don't remember his name. <laughs> the re- Tim McConaughey. It's not good the when the referee's name makes yep. it in he Wikipedia. Was from the, he was from the ECAC. <laughs> we have a research, he was not good. We he have a research department. We have a weather department. And now we're just going to have the enforcer department. So we're going to get some guys up there and find that Tim dude and let's show him what it's like. Uh, again, this is why I have to meditate in the morning. I, it's in the past. i got to leave it in the past. But... I had my eyes already set on the ring how big it was going to be after the 3-1 lead that was blown because we had Let's talk about next week. penalty after penalty after penalty, which again Bears in hurts. the championship game should not have been called. So, I mean, I've never seen Barry get all like the Hulk. You won't like me when I'm mad. I can see the Hulk coming. Yeah, Bruce Banner stung. turning the Hulk over here. It stings. Stings well, 30 years. We'll get the enforcer department on it. We'll whoop some ass for you guys, all right? All right. All right, boys. Well, well, it's great seeing you. Nelly, you're the man, brother. We had a conversation going into break. Is Zach Heilprin smarter than us? Zach, you, you would you would probably say you're smarter than Rowdy, myself, and RJS. Yes? I would only say one of the three, and that would be yeah. what Rowdy. And you guys can you guys can debate which one I think I am smarter than the three. Let's debate, y'all. I think it's I think you're referring to Nelly. I'm not going to say one way or the other. What do you think, Nell? Oh, I think uh, since I am probably. Highly intelligent, like uh, some people would claim. You don't have an IQ of 140? <laughs> Sorry, that's an inside joke. Going to retire soon. Yeah. Uh, Zach, hey, hey, how Actually, are we doing? I'm going to go under. <laughs> so we were um, had two different things going on right here. Uh, CBSSports.com, there was one, con- and this conversation of, uh, you know, basically like blue check marks and journalists and people cover teams being smarter than the people that are, you know, like us. Uh, there was CBSSports.com. <clears throat> they had uh, six different tiers of teams in college basketball. They had tier one, the favorite, which is Gonzaga. Tier two, front runners, which is Duke, Purdue, Baylor. Tier three, which is contenders with value, Kansas, Auburn, Illinois. Tier four was talented teams with solid value, which was Arizona and Kentucky. Mm-hmm. And then tier five were favorite values. Is your head spinning yet? Villanova, Wisconsin, Florida State, Oregon. And then there was long, uh, long shots to watch. Seton Hall, UConn, Xavier, Iowa State. And Rowdy said this is probably the most confusing thing we've ever heard. We were wondering if you could figure this out. Is Wisconsin well, a tier five team? Well, as someone who does not have a blue check mark, I uh, <laughs> certainly cannot. All right, I, good I'm point. not going to put, let's, let's be honest, I can't put myself in that category either. So uh, I'm confused just like you guys. I assume you guys are confused about this. Okay. Uh, I'll keep it simple for you then, Zach. The other thing we were talking about then was where the seeding was. So yeah. we like to keep it simple, stupid, the KISS method here. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. I saw Joe Lunardi have him as a two seed. And then I saw yep. another um, article from CBSSports.com, another David Cobb who writes for college basketball stuff for CBS, said if the tournament started the day with 5-1 to one in quad one wins and 4-1 and one in quad, uh, let's see here, three, three wins, the Badgers, if the tournament started today, would be a number one seed in his bracket. <laughs> I, I mean, I would kind of lean towards I, – I haven't seen very many people say one. I've seen most, a lot of people say two – I've seen even more people say three, so I'd probably say three. But for whatever reason, the metrics – I mean, I, there's a reason, but um, the metrics don't like Wisconsin. Like, the, the computers, not huge fans. And, and the net rankings, they haven't – like, they're not in the top ten in the net rankings like they are in the AP poll. So, um, I think when you combine the two, you're probably looking at a, at a two or three seed. But either way, if you're a two or three, you're playing in Milwaukee. And, obviously, that would be a huge, huge advantage for them to be able to play at Fiserv and – 
Um, if they keep on winning the way that they have, or even, you know, maybe don't even fall off. They're two, three, maybe even a four seed. They're playing in Milwaukee, which is um, huge. a huge, huge advantage. So, Zach, Zach Halpern, our sports director, joining us right now, a fountain of Wisconsin sports knowledge. Zach, uh, Rowdy was not satisfied with the win over <laughs> Northwestern. I thought it was, you know, you win on the Big Ten on the road, it's a good thing. I know there was a little, uh, at the end there, the free throws were a little suspect, and Johnny Davis couldn't get going right away. But what was your takeaway of the road victory over Northwestern? Yeah, I think any road win in the Big Ten is a good win, especially with Northwestern coming off of upset of uh, number 10 at the time, Michigan State, on the road. Like, who goes into Breslin and wins? Certainly not Wisconsin. Uh, so, for the most part, when there's when there's crowds there. Uh, so, yeah, I think any win I think any win on the road in the Big Ten is a good one. This one, probably not their best effort. Uh, you know, but had they hit those free throws down the stretch, it's not a six-point win. It's probably what Nelson's looking for and closer to a 10 point win right like that's, that's, what, that's, what, yep. that's what constitutes a great a good win right in his mind like that's good enough well he won they, he bet on him in the razor's edge he won on him he still wasn't satisfied his wallet grew fat yeah. i mean if you look at again the metrics not huge fans of wisconsin it was a essentially a pick em, uh in terms of like the, the basketball that was espn's basketball power index it was like 51 49 in favor of wisconsin it was it was kind of a 50-50 game going into that. So the way I mean, they win by six, probably win by ten if they didn't uh, miss those free throws down the stretch. And um, maybe Nelson's not as upset about it as as apparently he is. Well, now. You know, Zach. You know, no, he's usually upset. If yeah, you have accurate. high expectations and you shoot for the moon, even if you miss, you'll land in the stars. <laughs> <laughs> so where did they land, Nelson? Oh, they kind of. Partially hit the moon, <laughs> went across it, the moon. and then they came to a halt. Um, were they like the? Were they? Were they like uh, the? Eva, you know this. Uh, what? Who's the, uh, the? These these rich guys are like barely Elon going Musk. into space. Yeah, like they get barely they don't go going to space, into space. Though they go to the edge of space. <laughs> they touch the yeah, edge of space. Like that's, that's that's like. I mean, maybe that's a probably closer. Uh, like everyone says, sorry, they, everyone says, and this bugs me. They went to space. It's like no, they no, they, they went to the edge of space. They, right? Is space even real? We don't even know. Right? Yeah. I mean, they haven't been there, so who knows? Uh, so Wisconsin <laughs> shot for the, the moon. <laughs> the Van Allen didn't though. reach the stars. They reached the edge uh, just before space. So Elon Musk got to launch him up there again Friday night again. So Michigan I State. can be unsatisfied because I thought we were going to space. Instead, like, you got yes, like exactly. Jeff Bezos and Elon Musk. You got to the edge of space. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. So Zach, will exactly. they shoot? Will they shoot out of the edge and get to space? What's it looking like with Tom Izzo and the Sparty coming to town? Oh, you have to think that they're going to be probably uh, just up to go, considering they haven't. They will not have played since losing to Northwestern last weekend. So that's uh, probably uh, he's probably been riding them pretty hard in practice this week. I, this is a huge game. I mean, it's a huge game for obviously to prove that Wisconsin's the team we think they are, and also. In the Big Ten standings right now, Wisconsin six and one, Michigan State a half game back at five and one could go a long way to potentially who's going to win the Big Ten. Um, so yeah, I, I'm expecting a, a really good game. Joey Hauser back in town, always excited uh, to see. Hasn't died down? Uh, we'll see. Which one, Brad bet, Davison? I'll, I'll put some I'll put some money on it, uh, Nelly, that uh, he will not get a warm reception when he's announced uh, on Friday night. I don't think that's died down, no. I hope Brad, I hope Brad Davison welcomes him, like when he was on Marquette, you know? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, right. With a yeah. healthy mm-hmm. and hearty handshake. With a, with a hello. Yes. How are we looking? Uh, so, I'm excited to see what happens Friday night, obviously. My God, uh, mm. what, 8 o'clock tip-off. Jeez. At least it's Friday. Yeah. Zach, did Wisconsin, just for football-wise, just get another transfer? They do not like their cornerback room, apparently. Um <laughs> <laughs> is this dude they've from Kentucky? Added, they have added a third uh, transfer in the portal, Cedric Dort, who Dort. Uh, like Dort. yeah, like the other two guys, uh, use, taking advantage of the extra year of eligibility that uh, COVID gave everyone, and so uh, he's a, he's going to be a sixty year senior uh, to go along with Justin Clark, who's a seventh year senior, and <laughs> going to be a doctor, who's, who's a six. Yeah, exactly. Uh, injury-wise, uh, injuries kind of uh, messed with him. But, yeah, Cedric Dort started – he's played in 31 games, started 13 in his career. Um, uh, solid player, another guy that you can add to that room. But, I mean, you lose Caesar Williams and you lose Bayon Hicks, and uh, obviously they feel like they needed to add some experience and, and some talent to that room. 
Uh, I know Nelson's a big fan of that. Was not a huge fan of what was returning in yeah. uh, in the cornerback room. Some small guys. These Wait, guys you mean to tell me Nelly wasn't and, a fan of something? Come on. All, all, three, all three of them, uh, I believe, 5'11 or taller. So, uh, yeah, adding, adding some size to that room and some experience. And I think it's going to be uh, one of those positions that we're going to be keeping an eye on in spring for sure. And it's technically the fourth cornerback they added because they had the Michigan State transfer who ended up transferring to – uh, Kansas instead. <clears throat> exactly. Yep. Well, Rowdy, hey, Zach, Rowdy had an idea because I see what Wisconsin opened up at the offensive coordinator position. Rowdy, what was your idea? Oh, just basically somehow we would come up with a competition or like a vote or something and loser would have to apply for this job. Yeah. What do you think? <laughs> I think that's a great competition, but I also think uh, the idea that they're opening this up to an offensive coordinator is actually really, really good. Scott Tolzien? <laughs> Because I think it's a, I think it's at least an acknowledgement uh, that there's going to be a new voice potentially uh, within within the program, and it's not maybe just going to be moving their offensive line uh, a guy from linebackers coach, say Bob Bostead, to offensive line and hiring a linebackers coach to replace him. I think that they, uh, yeah, I, I don't know who it's going to be. Scotty, we'll see. Talk, it's it's possible that it could be Scott Tolzien. I don't think he's going to be offensive coordinator. He's never coached a position before, so it seems one a little to three much, years but... of collegiate coaching experience preferred. I yeah. actually uh, Scotty T's in the NFL. Doesn't yeah, say that. Not college. I created a dynasty at Tulane <laughs> in NCAA football 2009. <laughs> nice. We actually nice. run pro style. <laughs> uh, Zach, before I let you go, which is the worst part of my day, is you know mm. knowing I'm not going to be able to talk to you anymore for, for the you know time being. Uh, Caleb Williams is out there, <laughs> but then I just saw Georgia's quarterback JT Daniels in the transfer portal. Georgia's backup quarterback. Can I can I can I get a flyer out there to come to Wisconsin? Yeah, just say it. Yeah, man, go for it. You're yeah. more than welcome. Just to say you've heard rumors. Any chance, Zach, or is it a snowball's chance in hell? Say, I mean, hey, if you say it, there has to be a chance, right? Well, Aaron Rodgers right. tells me to speak things into existence. As long as we got hey. patches, anything. Well, if possible. you're speaking, if you're speaking things into existence, I would try and speak the Caleb Williams thing to it into existence. Caleb Williams, come to Wisconsin. Zach, what's with the uh, Georgia quarterbacks always transferring when they get like a stable of two or three? Well, they the, the guy that they have now just won a national championship, and he was a, f- a former walk-on. So, um, so come to Wisconsin. Yeah. Yeah, you know, uh, picking uh, uh, picking Jake Fromm over Justin Fields didn't work out for Georgia very well. So we'll, we'll see if we'll see maybe if uh, JT Daniels can be the next Justin Fields. Probably not. Probably not. More will be revealed as it always is, Zach. Yeah, he's not really a running quarterback. Hey, b- before I let you go, <laughs> fit in well here. Speaking of quarterbacks, uh, you know I have a big affinity for Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers. What does Zach Halpern thinks happens at Lambeau Field? You know, around like what ten thirty. Uh, what, 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 when the clock hits zero, what's going to happen? The teams are going to walk off the field. Well, yes, but who will be uh, victorious? <laughs> uh, I'm going to I'm going to pick the Packers, but there's not a, there's not a ton of confidence there. Is it, I mean, what are you guys What are you guys feeling? Are you feeling extremely confident with in this one? Yes, I took the Packers by six this morning. Oh, you are feeling very confident. To quote Clubber Langzak, pain. <laughs> Hey. And that would be okay. Jimmy GQ's shoulder and thumb. Is he getting yeah, put on the that, ground that's, constantly? That's the biggest one, right? Like, can he can he perform in that type of weather with those type of injuries? Didn't work well for Jared Goff last. Can year. he perform? I don't think so. He's not dating a porn star anymore. Can't perform. Can't perform. Can't perform. How about that for an ending, Zach? We love you, brother. All right, guys. That's what I love you too. Love you, Zach. Bye. Love you too. Bye. Yes. There he is, our sports director, Zach Halperin. He did say, love you guys. Yeah, I did, but I forced him into it. Life is back on, sports bettors, and BetUS has your NBA, NHL, NBA, UFC, PGA, and yes, NFL betting lines up for their 27th year and live betting on all of it. Log in to BETUS.com or call 800-792-3887. That's 800-79-BETUS. BETUS for 125% bonuses with the promo code THEZONE125. You bet? You win, you get paid. BetUS.com. I would love a mandate with this guy right here. We could watch Brett Favre games, listen to Led Zeppelin. I got the ocean live at Madison Square Garden in 1973. My man Rob Reichel, a two-hitter this week. Robbie. Well, you know, I, I just missed that concert too in 73, Evo. So that would have been that would have been a dream. <laughs> Rob, um, 
God, I'm watching the video right now. Robert Plants. I don't know if he can get pants any tighter. It's, it's a bizarre <laughs> thing to look at right now uh, this early in the morning. Robbie, what's going on today? It's a pleasure to have you again. Your normal time Thursdays. Thanks for joining us on Tuesday. I got to ask you right away, dude. Some stuff changed rapidly. I was surprised about this, and maybe you got a little more knowledge than I do. Kingsley Kiki was cut? You know, Evo, I would I would tell you this, and this this isn't to be an excuse maker or anything like that. On a normal year, when we're in the locker room every day and, and we can talk to 15 people, I think there'd be a lot more information available to people right now. It, it's just one of those, again, Zoom years. Um, it's been a little harder to find some things out. I think it caught everybody off guard and surprised people yesterday. Really, Evo, I, you know, I thought one of their bright, young, ascending, talented players. Uh, and, and now all of a sudden, you know, just looking ahead, defensive line becomes a huge issue in the draft. But specifically now, you know, to Kiki, Evo, um, you know, we're, we're talking about a guy that clearly fell in the doghouse late in the year. Um, he, he was a healthy inactive, a healthy scratch with a couple weeks left. He, he was on the COVID list uh, coming down the stretch. You know, he, he, he really didn't play here over the last few weeks. Um, but, but Evo, the, the, this is a blow to yeah. them. And, um, and especially when you look at the matchup coming Saturday night, a, a team that is insanely physical and wants to run the ball down their throats, you know, for, for 60 straight minutes, this is, this is going to be, uh, you know, a war in the trenches and for green Bay to be down now, one of their people really, really it, it is impactful. I, I don't think people should ignore this or, or kind of blow it off whatsoever. This, this, this is a big deal heading into uh, heading into Saturday night. I, I, I think they've got enough people to, you know, get through the game and win the game still, but um, it, it clearly cuts into their depth. I, I would have assumed uh, prior to what happened yesterday, you know, he, he was going to play a role. He was going to have 20, 30 snaps in that football game and, and be part of what they wanted to get done in the run defense. And, and now that's obviously not an option. And you go deeper down the depth chart now with, with guys like Tyler Lancaster and Heflin and, and, and people like that, you're just, you're clearly not as good evil. No, not at all. It's uh, was a head scratcher. Rob Reichel joining us right now. So, you know, a, a rumor, not a rumor, but a theory was, right, some guys returning from uh, the IR, and maybe that's why, because what are they at? The active roster at 52 right now, one shy of the maximum. You still got to find room for, what, Randall Cobbs, Darius Smith, and Whitney Merciless. Could that be a reason why? No. No? No. No, no. I mean, even when, when, when all things are even, when maybe there isn't discipline going on, and again, we're only going to guess and speculate at this point exactly what happened and why this is probably one of their 30 best football players. So no, is, is he in danger of, of being cut when they're putting together a 53 in September? Not even close evil. You know, he, he, he was, he was a starting defensive lineman for three quarters of, of the season. He's, he's a bright part of what they want to get done. I think up front in the future or what they did want to get done. I think Evo, he, he, he was an ascending player. Um, he, he had a pretty good first half of the season. So no, when it, when it comes hmm. to a numbers crunch, Evo, there were, there, there were 20 other guys on the roster that, that had to fear for their jobs. Uh, just when it comes to pure talent standpoint and, and kind of their roles, uh, specific roles on their side of the ball, long before uh, Kingsley Kiki did. God, intriguing. Yeah, it almost makes you think that uh, maybe it was something off the field you haven't heard about, or correct? The could it be? Yeah, the concussions that he's suffered from. Um, I that, that that would not have been enough reason to cut him, guys. Weird. That you know, I I I, I mean, again, we'll, we'll probably learn more when his agent talks or when he talks or, or something like that. Packers were certainly tight-lipped yesterday and, and late afternoon after they. Uh, after they made the news, but, but I, I think it's going to be, you know, something certainly a little bit more than, than the concussions or, or that somebody beat them out guys for a roster spot. Interesting. All right. So Robbie, what's it looking like now? It's so lame that you guys can't, I mean, I get it. Cause you know, COVID going around right now, but it's so lame that you guys can't get in, like in a locker room to get one-on-one interaction and totally kills, you know, taking a, like a look behind the curtain some, but when it comes to, you know, the guys I just mentioned a little bit ago, Randall Cobbs, Darius Smith, Whitney Merciless, do you know, is, is there something in the water in Green Bay? How the hell does Randall Cobb come back so quick from a core injury and Whitney Merciless from a torn bicep? Are these guys going to be, and Zedaria Smith from back surgery, are we going to see like these guys 
you know, full bore, full go, or is it going to be like limited snaps for these cats? Yeah, I mean, I think that's going to be up to each individual. Ebo, I, I think kind of, you know, to to, to make a, a general statement on that, I, I think a lot of these guys are going to be on a pitch count. Yeah. There, the, the, there are a couple of them that they're going to want to, that they would love to find a way to get through the football game. I mean, they, they would love it if David Bakhtiari could give them 60 snaps, for example, Ebo, uh, come, come Saturday night. Can he do it or not? Um, you know, we're going to find out. I think he played 27 in in the season finale, uh, at, you know, at Detroit, and and he was and back then, at practice yesterday. I do believe he was back at practice. He missed on Tuesday, back yesterday. I, you know, I I think we all fully expect him to play come Saturday night. Uh, whether whether he can line up and you know and and, and go the distance is is another story. The good news for Green Bay, excuse me, Ebo, is they is they have terrific depth and and they built that depth through the course of the season up and down the roster and at almost every spot you know, on the field. So if Zedarius Smith comes back and now he replaces Jonathan Garvin, for example, as, as the third outside linebacker and he gives him 17 snaps, that's a huge win. Uh, same thing with Merciless. If he becomes the number four outside linebacker, if, if Billy Turner is back and he can't finish the football game and, and now you know, you know, that, that, you, that you've gotten a month of really good play out of Dennis Kelly, then you've got some options there. Um, and, and you can say that across the, uh, up, up, up and down the lineup. I mean, uh, really, boy, I, I, uh, these are all important. Don't get me wrong. Uh, Bakhtiari is huge. Jair Alexander is huge. Yeah. Can can Jair Alexander give them fifty percent of the defensive snaps? And where do you line him up? Can can he make tackles? At, because San Francisco is going to test him early and often. Um, my guess is he lines up in the slot, and they try to go to work on him early, and he's going to have to prove to to Shanahan and company that yes, he. He can, he can uh, you know, he can tackle, and, he, and he's up for the challenge. And if that's the case, Evo, if, if he can come back, um, I mean, even with three months off here or whatever we're looking at with, with Jair Alexander, Evo, I think he's been out since the Pittsburgh game. Um, you are talking about one of the elite corners, and even yeah. even him coming back at 75 80%, because he's not going to be the Jair Alexander that started the season or, or finished last season or, or anything like that. You're, you're still talking about, you know, one of the probably the best 15 corners in football. And, and now you can go out there and line up with him and Stokes and Douglas, and, you know, it, it's Green Bay's best trio in, in quite some time, probably back to that you know, uh, Woodson, Harris, Tremont Williams group, you know, a decade ago. So um, individually, Ebo, you know, I think there's a couple of these guys that, that would maybe have a chance to, to give you the overwhelming majority of a football game. The rest of them, like you touched on, like like Cobb and, and maybe Turner, Zadarius Smith, Merciless, we're probably talking about guys that they're going to be a little more limited on a pitch count, but it clearly adds to their depth, Ebo, which, which is a huge positive. Rob Reichel joining us right now. Check him out, Forbes.com, Conley Media. Great follow on Twitter at Rob Reichel. Rob, I was laughing at that video you retweeted. What was it from Will, Will Blackman about a bus hitting a guy, and then he got up and walked away. It said Brett Favre toughness. I loved it. <laughs> Robbie, speaking of being tough, though, um, you know, it's going to be really cold, so you got to be get your thick skin on, right? And Jimmy Garoppolo's a little banged up. He was apparently at practice 100%, despite, you know, the torn ligament in his thumb and the bum shoulder. If the the Packers are to stop one thing against the Niners to ensure victory, what would it be? Oh, they've got to stop the run, Ebo. And and I just posted a story on on Forbes about that this morning. You know, and, and everybody remembers. I mean, God, Ebo, you, you talk about a franchise over the last 15, 18, 20 years, you know, back to you, you, even 25 to the, the Terrell Owens catch. Um that a, a franchise that has just had painful playoff losses and playoff memories, you know, the fourth and 26, the, the 2014 NFC championship game, the Terrell Owens catch, you know, but, but, but Evo, that, that game two years ago in San Francisco, in the NFC championship game uh, stands out to me almost as much as any, when, when the 49ers ran for nearly 300 yards that day, it was 285 and 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 uh, a running back nobody had ever heard of in this state probably named Raheem Mostart goes for you know two and a quarter and four touchdowns himself and and Evo they are every bit as good on that side of the football if not better than they were that day two years ago and I think yesterday was actually the two year anniversary of that NFC Championship game um, 
you know, and the 49ers are every bit as good right now on offense. Evil. The offensive line is dominant. Uh, Elijah Mitchell, the, the rookie running back, is, is outstanding. They run the ball now with Debo Samuel, as everybody knows. They're extremely gifted wide receiver. Evil, they ran the ball that day in San Francisco 84% of the time uh, in that NFC title game two years ago. They would love to come in and run it, let's say, 60 to 65% in the cold. I mean, San Francisco is made for this, Evil. They, they really are. This, you know, this, is, this is not a great matchup for Green Bay. If, if you want to rank the... The, the potential playoff matchups for the Packers when when the playoffs started, Evo, to me, it was, you know, in terms of scariest, number one, Tampa Bay, number two, San Francisco. And and now that's the path these guys have to, you know, the the, the, the teams they have to knock off on, on their way to a potential Super Bowl. So um, far and away, Evo, they, they've got to find a way to slow down the 49ers on the ground, take away the, take away the run game. Um, they're not going to take it away, Evo, but they've they've got to slow it down, yeah. and and they've got to make Jimmy Garoppolo beat them. Uh, when Garoppolo turns the ball over, Evo, I mean the numbers are dramatic. I think they're six and zero when when he doesn't have a turnover. They're four and six when he does turn it over. They want him to put it in the air. They they want to make the you know they want to get ahead seven, 10, 13 points in this game, Evo, and and make Garoppolo beat him with his arm. Um, because at some point in time in almost every football game this season, Garoppolo has done something silly and, and he's, and he's given the opponents a chance to make a big play against him. And, and typically this year, Evo green Bay has capitalized on those. So if, if Garoppolo is putting the ball up 30 times in this game, Evo green Bay is going to win the game. If, if Garoppolo only has to throw it 12, 14, 15 times, you remember Two years ago in that NFC title game, he threw it eight times, Evo, eight times. I mean, high school quarterbacks throw it four times more no, than it that. It still haunts my so, dreams. It haunts my – it's my nightmare. Yeah, I, I know, and that's why I'm saying, out of, you know, out of all these painful playoff losses, just the way that one unfolded is almost as, is almost as detrimental, I think. Uh, you know, it certainly is for the players, Evo, because when, when you know what an opponent is doing – and Green Bay that day in San Francisco knew what knew what the 49ers were doing down in and down out. And you can't stop it. That's a that's an extremely deflating feeling. So that that's job one evil for Green Bay. Take away that run game on, on Saturday night. If that means eight in the box, that means eight in the box. But they've they've got to find a way to take away Mitchell, Samuel, that terrific offensive line, and just slow down that ground game. Robbie, if they allow Jimmy G with a sprained shoulder. Uh, torn, torn ligaments, ligaments in his thumb and just the bumps and bruises of a 18 week NFL season beat them by throwing less than 10 passes. Joe Barry's got to be gone and you're going to have to look at Matt LaFleur long and hard if he loses like that again. Well, I, I, I think you're jumping the gun a little bit there, Rowdy. <laughs> is, is Rowdy going to give him the Mike McCarthy treatment? I, I, I'd encourage you to pump the brakes on that one, Rowdy. <laughs> I mean, you're talking about a head coach that's 39 and 10 and, and a defense that, that really did do a lot of good things this season. If You know, if that's the case, Rowdy, you, you're probably looking at personnel first and foremost. I mean, you, just like you guys touched on at the, at the start of the show here, um, taking a guy like Kiki out of the lineup. And, and I would, I would have argued with you guys as good as Kenny Clark is. And, and the fact that Lowry's had a, had a pretty good season. Still, when you look at that defensive line, top to bottom, it's one of the three or four, you know, weakest positions on the team. They're going to probably invest the first round draft pick now in, in a defensive lineman to try to get that unit uh, beefed up here in a few months. When, when we get to that point in the season, you know, that that's down the road, obviously though, but you know, personnel wise, it, it I'm, I'm telling you, Rowdy, that, that this is tricky. Pro Football Focus just rated Trent Williams, you know, the 49ers' terrific left tackle, as the best player in football in 2021. Wow. Not the best left tackle, not the best offensive lineman, the best player in football. Hmm. Um, the rest of that offensive line, guys, is terrific. And like we touched on, I mean, Kenny Clark's a pro bowler. Dean Lowry's had a good year. But top to bottom, that defensive line, Green Bay is going to trot out there Saturday night, guys it's probably slightly above average. It's not a great unit. And, and this matchup is tricky. So they've got to find different ways a rowdy to scheme to take away the run. Um, a, a really interesting stat, and, and I won't bore your listeners too much with stats, but, you know, the average, the average team this year played over seven guys, devoted over seven guys per play against the run uh, when, they, when they faced the 49ers. The, the Packers this year, guys, 
you know, for the most part, played the run with six. They had the lowest number of run defenders per play in the league this year, guys. It was, it was 6.3. So um, they're going to have to devote at least another man at some point in time to to take away this ground game. And then that leaves, you know, that, that leaves some tricky things on the outside in terms of one-on-one matchups, right? Can I, can I, uh, can, you know, can, can Douglas and Stokes run with what run with Ayuk and, 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 and Samuel, right? What's George Kittle going to get done in the passing game? There's so many elements. Um, Rowdy, I, I think the Packers win the game and you're not jumping off some building Saturday night. Um, but even even if things go south, I, I don't think anyone on that coaching staff is close to in trouble. <laughs> Maybe I was jumping the gun a little bit with that, but if I'm not seeing some seven and eight man boxes consistently, at least to start the game to see what Jimmy G has, my lord. Help Rob, us all. We're just hoping the the Packers aren't as the song plays trampled underfoot of the San Francisco 49ers. <laughs> You know they were two years ago, guys. In, in, in the in the in the game this year out in San Francisco, they held the 49ers to 67 rushing yards. That's an encouraging. I mean, that's that's four times less, guys, than than, than what the 49ers had uh, exactly two years ago yesterday. So I I think the truth lies somewhere in the middle. I I think the key number is probably about 150 guys. If they can keep them south of. Of 150, I, I think they win the football game. If we start talking that the 49ers get up in the 170, 180, 190 range, then I think the Packers are in some trouble. Packers win, Rob. Yeah, you know? Packers win, 31-20. I, I think the key as much as anything, Ebo, is, is they've got to get out to a lead um, and make Garoppolo try to beat him with his arm because I, I think that that is something that he probably cannot do. So if, if the Packers strike early, Ebo, you know, get up 10 nothing, 13 nothing. I, I, I think the fans are having a pretty relaxing fourth quarter. If San Francisco hits them early, Evo, we're probably talking about a field goal game late. But uh, but, but, uh, but I like Rodgers and, and the Packers in this one, uh, Evo, 31-20. And, Love it. And then I like, Tampa, and I like Tampa on Sunday. And, boy, do we have a lot to talk about that next week. And, Rob, we'll do that next week, brother. We love you. Thanks for the two hits today or this week. You the man, Robbie. We'll follow along. Forbes.com, Codley Media, Twitter at Rob Reichel. We love you, Robbie. All right. Love you guys, too. Have a great weekend. See you, buddy. There he is. The man. If you're going to be a defender against them, if you're Joe Barry, what do you do? Well, number one, to be honest with you, I don't think it's any scheme stuff that you're doing with the San Francisco 49ers. I think it's all effort, man. I think it's all effort. The Niners come in there, and when you really watch the Niners football game, they play harder than everybody, and it's not even close. That would be James Jones on the Bill Michaels show yesterday, and now we got Mike Clemens on Over the Line. Good morning, Mike. How are we doing, my friend? How are your feelings about this game Saturday night? Besides Burr, like <laughs> Cole? Yeah. I feel right. like That's... there's going to be a reckoning at Lambeau. I'm feeling the Packers like by two scores, Mike. So you think it'll be finesse over a physical 49ers team, or do you think that finally the Packers can match the physical that, you know, the Harbaugh teams have brought, that the Shanahan teams that, you know, Robert Salah, he's left now. He's a head coach over in the Jets. But uh, to me, I mean, I just watched some of these, these games again, again on tape. You know, the 49ers are coming off of beating the Rams in prime time. And then, uh, you know, just de- destroying the Cowboys and shutting down Amari Cooper. He got like six catches. Most of that was, you know, in the two-minute drills. But, you know, Dak Prescott spent much of his time Sunday either dodging the blitz <laughs> or looking, looking, looking for Cooper or C.D. Lamb. They pretty much shut down C.D. Lamb. Even though the 49ers, you know, have had plenty of injuries, they lost uh, D. Ford, you know, great uh, outside defensive end. Uh, to He's been put on IR. And then during the game, you know, Nick Boso goes down with a concussion. Fred Warner re-injures that ankle. You know, you talk about Jimmy Garoppolo, the quarterback with the torn ligament in his thumb, and then now he's got this slight shoulder sprain, but he's expected to start. You still got Armstead. You still got DJ Jones. You still got guys flying around like Jimmy Ward, and these these people hit. And I'll tell you, one of the most overlooked coordinators I think this year is the job that D'Amico Ryan's has done. He's a linebacker out of Alabama who played for the Texans in 2006. Was defensive rookie of the year. This guy lives and he eats and breathes hitting. He's articulate, and he's been with the Niners since. 2017 is now ascended to defensive coordinator. I think, you know, what is he, 37? 
this could be a head coaching candidate in another year or two. But I just I just see the physicality these guys bring, and then I see a Packers team that let's see what they 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 barely uh, want. Let's see they 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 got past the Vikings, and the Vikings went and fired their coach. Uh, they barely got past the uh, the. Uh, um, the Browns, they, they, they clobbered the Vikings at home, but they barely got past the Browns on, on Christmas Day. And, yeah, they took guys off the field in the second half, but they lost to the Lions. So, you know, I don't really quite see that same momentum going for Green Bay now coming off a break. So I asked Alan Lazard yesterday, Ebo, you know, is the tape of what the 49ers did to the Cowboys and the Rams, those two wins on the road for them the past two weeks, is that a pretty good idea of what they're going to do Saturday night. Yeah, I mean, they definitely had really good games for those teams. Um, you know, I think for us going forward, we know that they're probably not going to play the same way just because of who we got back there slinging the rock around and everything. So I think, you know, we go into every week preparing the same way. You know, this is the team's tendencies. This is what they kind of uh, they strive in. This is what their strengths is, the third down tendencies. Um, but we all know having Aaron, every defensive coordinator, um, they're always going to drop something new that we didn't have really in the game plan. So I think, you know, just being here for the past few years playing with Aaron, it's preparing me for that in that situation. I mean, obviously, you know, week, whenever we're out in Baltimore, they doubled Devontae like that. And, like, they've never done that all year. So we just got to stay, uh, stay locked in, stay ready, and just – It'll adjust on the fly. And the Packers are really good at that, especially with a guy like Aaron Rodgers. Mike, you were talking about the physicality of the Niners. I think Joe Barry said something last week about some of the guys coming back in the defensive linemen and linebackers saying, what did he call Do you remember already called them like cold-blooded hitters or what did mean nasty hitters? Mm-hmm. He had said something like that last week, and it, it, I was like, yes, I'm ready for some like. I think it was cold-blooded physicality. Something like that. I was like, I like that. I think they're going to match that physicality with the Niners, Mike. And then they'll adjust, like Alan Lazard was saying, if needed. Well, we hope so. And, and, I, and they have had some of those hits, you know, and I think the biggest story in that, too, is the year Devondre Campbell has had, at least being an efficient tackler. You know, it's what they were missing, you know, when they had Blake Martinez in there. And he's all and pro then, now, right? I'm from, from a street yeah. free agent to all Off pro. Off the street to named all, all pro. Wow. It was a very poignant moment in the locker room the other day. Um, I took Spanish. By the way, Lazard says he's going to go sleeveless in the game Saturday night like the offensive lineman, some yeah. sort of solidarity thing. Yeah. I took two years of Spanish in high school, and about the only phrase I can remember is this. I say frío. <laughs> I say frio. You're cold. He's cold. Yeah, which loosely translated to me is, man, it's freaking cold out. The Packers are going to be humming on offense. It's going to be muy caliente. <laughs> you, have, you hope. <laughs> so uh, yesterday at practice, man, it's like nine degrees in Green Bay, and you're indoors watching them warm up, and then, boom, the doors open. They go on the practice field, and they're going to sling it around for about two hours, of which you only get to, as a reporter, get to watch about 15 minutes a period or two. And, you know, you get out your phone, maybe you want to take a picture or something, and all of a sudden your fingers are like icicles. You know, you're taking your gloves off, and it's like, how are these dudes playing catch? How are they catching an Aaron Rodgers pass in this stuff? And we asked uh, Nathaniel Hackett, the offensive coordinator, about that. How do these guys actually catch footballs in this kind of frigid weather? Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it's, it's something impressive. I give so much credit to the guys. I mean, they, they love it. They embrace it. Um, you know, we go out there and, uh, and we just got to go play. And, and I think the guys really enjoy being out there together. Uh, give credit to the equipment guys. They've got some great warm weather gear uh, that makes everything a little bit uh, easier for all of us. Um, but, you know, it's just, it's just once you're here, once you live here, once you're here as long as we are, yeah, I mean, it's just something that you kind of uh, get used to. <laughs> some people are nodding their heads right now uh, saying you, you can never really get used to it. But I will tell you, after coming from Florida, it, it took me about three years, but, but it's definitely a little bit easier to handle um, after the amount of time that I've been here. But, uh, but, yeah, I mean, it's a ton of credit for those guys. I mean, just watching Aaron throw the ball, watch the guys be able to catch it, just even hitting and stuff like that. Um, so it's something that, you know, you just got to grow accustomed to. There's going to be so much zip on that ball from Rogers. will be in fuego on fire, Mike. Let's go. Now, one of the things that's always interesting is teams overcoming adversity from within. And, uh, you know, I'm, uh, it may sound like I'm bearing the lead. I'm going to get to that. But yesterday, I just, after the last four or five days, and the guys and, like, where are their heads at? And they're coming out of the bye. 
And, you know, how do they think they're going to get over the top of this game and get to the NFC Championship next weekend and host it at home? They bring in Mercedes Lewis. Now, Mercedes is such a voice in that. I mean, this guy should be doing, like, love songs in Madison, you know, (laughs) don't you think? Well, he could call in and do some if he wants. Yeah, playing Barry White songs or something like that. Maybe we can hook him up in the offseason with one of our stations. But when he came walking in on the Zoom, the first thing I said was, you know what? I'm watching you guys in the Detroit game, and, you know, you're losing. But something I was truly impressed was, was Aaron Jones was sitting out the game to rest the knee. But every time Patrick Taylor, the third stringer, came off, he's over there coaching him up. When you look at David Bakhtiari, who took the second half off, he's there talking to Yash Nyman. And they're pointing to the field. I mean, their heads are in the game. Aaron Rodgers... He's not just sitting around and, you know, moping or waving to fans or whatever. He's on that bank of phones talking upstairs to Nathaniel Hackett. He's got a headset on later. Every time Jordan Love came off the field in the second half, he sits next to Jordan with the iPad and with Luke Getze, and they're scheming on the next downs. And say, I mean, Aaron's out there trying to – these guys are helping each other. And I said to Mercedes, now is this something that the position coaches stress to you guys during the week, or is that something that comes from within the locker room? Yeah, I mean, I – how we are uh, in the vibration that we share uh, day in and day out, um, it can't come from the coaches. Um, this is something that we built over time um, and being able to trust each other. And um, when you see somebody, whether it's, you know, they made a great play or a play that wasn't so favorable, uh, just pick him up and be there for him. And I think, you know, that's, that's the energy we have on this team. God, he is he's one of my favorite Packers, man. Just brings a calm, cool presence, that veteran leadership you need in the locker room. It's why in the off season for those months, Rogers picked up the phone and talked to him to help you know. Yeah. Talk me through this, man. Talk me off the ledge. <laughs> and a guy that is that has gone from a quiet guy who was kinda insecure eight years ago behind Jordy Nelson. I mean, I remember when Rogers uh, hurt the collarbone a second time. And it was Brett Hundley in there. And this guy connected with Brett Hundley for a win in Chicago against the Bears. <laughs> and I said, you guys seem to have a connection, you and Brett Hundley. And he said, yeah, well, we've been playing catch on Saturdays. It's like this guy was plotting, like, you know what? If it's going to be Brett Hundley, then it doesn't have to be all Jordy. I can be the next guy here. And that was Devontae Adams. So here he is now, three, four years later, regarded as the best wide receiver. And he talked about his growing friendship with Mercedes Lewis. So, well, I mean, I, honestly, just the more time we spent together, because we last year we spent a ton of time together. He was living with me for a little bit to start this season off, re- getting ready for his spot to uh, open up his rental. So we we just spent so much time together that over the over the past like two years was when we started becoming really close. And um, I think what what brought us so close is that we kind of naturally and just like organically became friends. It wasn't like I just saw, you know, a guy from Cali in the locker room. We just going to start kicking it every day and whatever. We just like naturally started to learn that, you know, we're a lot alike in our, our mentalities, our work ethic, you know, things that we're interested in, you know, outside of football, a lot of that stuff. So it was just really just natural. So just, we, we had a bunch of stepbrothers type moments saying the same thing, same time, same type of same thought process. So, um, you know, when you have two guys that have been playing and, and hold themselves to a really high standard and we talk the same, too, that's another thing. Is there's a lot of people um, around the league or on this team or whatever, which is it's just kind of a personality trait, so you can't, can't get on a guy for not having a certain type of language away from the building. But, you know, when he was living with me, the amount of film that we watched just for no reason was ridiculous. Like, that's just, that's just the type of people that we are. Um, you know, it's like instead of watching a, a show or something, we were just pulling up clips, whether it was something from 2016 I had on my phone. Y'all know I like to keep stuff on my phone. So um, keep keep I got a couple clips from, you know, old old Tay to kind of look at and show him some stuff and look at some targets from now just to show some contrast. And he got different clips. Even I think he got some of his film from Jacksonville sent over, like emailed to him. So we, we were watching stuff like that. So just two dudes that are really simple as far as what they what they do on the day to day and just naturally kind of gravitated toward each other based off work ethic and just mindset overall. So one of my best friends for sure. You can definitely tell it's a tight-knit locker room, right? They all believe in a, a, a singular belief, and that's the Vince Lombardi trophy. That's what you think. I hope right? so. I hope so. And, you know, you, I mean, you think it is kind of kumbaya, and then all of a sudden, stink bomb. Uh-oh. And, Mike, uh, we're going to have a roster reduction. Oh. 
Yeah. What's up with and that? And then you're thinking, now the first guy, honestly, that came to my mind is a guy that we'd asked about after the Browns game because he was a healthy scratch. He was inactive. He was benched. And that was Kingsley Kiki. But then I thought, oh, no, no, no. There's maybe some practice guy. they got to move. Maybe it's because they're moving up Randall Cobb. I don't know. i got to look at the roster. So then all of a sudden the, the bulletin comes out about a half hour later. Packers released Kingsley Kiki. What? Huh? I mean, this is a guy that was supposed to be uh, – he actually had the third most snaps on the defensive line after Kenny Clark and Dean Lowry. This was a fifth-round pick that they had invested in, you know, three years ago that they were bringing along, bringing along. Now he had a concussion, then he had COVID, and, and then he, he, um, he was listed as having an illness over the Lions game. But suddenly, like after the Ravens game, um, he got into somebody's doghouse with the Packers. And when he was a healthy scratch on Christmas Day against the Browns, a couple days later, uh, Tom Silverstein asked this of LaFleur. Why was Kingsley Kiki inactive? Yeah, that was a total personal um, thing that we were going through. So more hopefully will be revealed, maybe? Well, trust me. Agents are being called as we speak <laughs> to find out what the heck went down. What, what did this guy do? I mean, you know, I mean, I, and and anything I say after that is speculation. But you know, he told Matt Lafleur he has bad eyebrows. Well, you know, and I, you know, and Lafleur keeps that group so much together. But we've also seen guys that if you're not paying attention, if you're not on time if you're not doing it it won't be long before remember that Devin Funches story I told you about yeah he's goofing around practice and the next day boom gone, gone. see ya thanks for being on the show <laughs> and so Joe Barry is the defensive coordinator now he's got to figure out how to stop that 49ers running game and Debo Samuel coming up the middle or whatever and he was asked why was Kingsley Cleeky released today from the Packers yeah I'm, I'm gonna uh I'm, I'm not gonna get into personnel uh stuff with you guys you know um i think goody obviously you know with matt you know they do a great job with all of our personnel and all of our personnel decisions and uh you know we kind of take the approach who's ever here we're gonna we're gonna coach the hell out of and uh you know obviously a decision was made he's he's not here anymore but uh I'm, i'm gonna leave it at that that's called pleading the fifth mike clemens pleading the fifth not for long, Lee. Thanks for being on the show. <laughs> and, Mike, thank you for being on the show today, man. I always love your reports and just great insight per usual. I want you to start planning out how many layers you're going to have to have here uh, Saturday when you go to Lambeau, okay? Oh, I will. I will. Uh, and then and then we'll have reports from both locker rooms on the post-game show with Bill Saturday night. You got it. Mike, uh, enjoy the time at Lambeau and bring us home a victory over the Niners, all right, my friend? Sure hope so, pal. Sure right. hope so. There he is, Mike Clemens. Good stuff, Mike. See you later. Follow him on Twitter, Mike Clemens NFL.